The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Um, I'm just telling you once again what you already know, which is uh, this is going to be the next year is going to be, I, I think I'd bet my house on it, um, really like nothing we've ever seen in, in the country. And everyone can kind of feel that. You know, most of our perceptions come through intuition rather than reason. And if something bad is about to happen, everybody gets jumpy. And everybody's really jumpy right now. Everybody certainly is. Uh, that's Tucker Carlson speaking in uh, Las Vegas, I believe it was, yesterday, talking about this next year. <laughs> this next year, we've mentioned this uh, a few times in recent weeks as well, 2024. When you think about what Donald Trump is going up against, these crazed lunatics, and we, we brought the receipts today so you can see for yourself. Uh, but he really and truly is standing, as my father has written, virtually alone. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on this uh, this Wednesday, beautiful day outside in central Oklahoma. Uh, of course, tomorrow is the big Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, Sam uh, Livingston, my producer, he'll be uh, subbing in on tomorrow's show, and I'll tell you about a special show we have uh, set for Friday here in just a moment as well. To get to the live video stream of this show, just go to TrumpetDaily.com or over to the Rumble channel. We had lots of activity on the Rumble channel yesterday because of our interview with uh, journalist Laura Logan. That was yesterday. I think the views are up to 55,000 on the Rumble channel as of uh, just before the show. Um, just to give you some comparison there, uh, two months ago when we sat down with Carrie Lake, I think that ended up with about 58,000 views. So it looks like we might surpass uh, that one from two months back. So that's at the, the Rumble channel. Just go to rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily and you can watch every day. You can join in on the live stream. You can leave us some comments and of course you can give us the thumbs up as well. Well, coming into this, uh, this uh, vacation week for, for so many people, the fake president's off to Nantucket, 39% of his presidency has been on vacation. Can you believe this? What's that? And Tucker even comments, I mean, on his senility and just again, thinking about 2024 and, and all of these forces aligned against Donald Trump, the bad orange man. And then you've got the other guy, the one he's running against, assuming that the Democrats keep him around. That uh, remains to be seen. But what a, I mean, it's strange, but it's also somewhat frightening. If you don't know Bible prophecy, like Tucker says, people are on edge. People know there's an explosion coming. We'll be watching closely next year. But just think about, as I say, these crazed lunatics that uh, Donald Trump's campaign is going up against. Listen to this uh, montage that Sam put together, clip four. You have one candidate, Trump, who actually tells you he's going to govern like an authoritarian. He yeah. says it. You have to make a choice. Do we want fascism or do we want to continue 
the 248 years of self-rule. But what I will say, too, though, is I think everybody should vote for Joe Biden if they want our democracy to survive. What's so frightening uh, that that his focus is not in taking over other countries. It's in taking over this country, undermining American democracy, undermining the rule of law, calling for the termination of the Constitution, calling still for the arresting and the imprisonment of his political opponents. Call it what you will, pathetic, embarrassing. It is, however, the Republican Party pulling it, putting its full embrace around the man who in turn is making fascism and autocracy the centerpiece of his third run for the White House. A lot of people have tried to draw similarities between Mussolini and Hitler. The difference, though, I think makes Donald Trump even more dangerous. And, that- and the country needs us now, not in 2028, because if Donald Trump wins, Abby, there will not be a 2028. <laughs> if, he, if Trump wins, Abby, there will not be a 2028. I think the, I think I'm, if I'm not mistaken, the clavicles lady made it into the montage. Good for her. I thought she was a Republican, but they're all crying fascism. Notice how Scarborough, another morning meltdown over on MSNBC, Scarborough says he's taking over. Assuming he wins in a democratic election put to the American people in Scarborough's mind and in the minds of all these lunatics, he's taking over. He's ending democracy. And you know what he might do if he gets in charge? He might arrest political opponents. Well, Donald Trump's been arrested how many times now? Four times? Arraigned in court? He's appearing in court? He's got ongoing ongoing trials? Because of these people, they're in control. Tucker pointed that out in his Las Vegas speech. They don't care about you. They will stop at nothing to prevent Donald Trump from ever returning to the White House. Listen, sorry to put so much Scarborough on your breakfast table this morning. Here's number one. He's not a normal candidate. He is running to end American democracy as we know it. He's an authoritarian who a, a court uh, in, in Colorado two days ago ruled that, that he led an insurrection against the United States government. He's charged with leading schemes to help overthrow the United States government. Just because he hasn't done it yet doesn't mean he won't do it when he gets a chance to do it. He will do he will get away with, he will imprison, he will execute whoever he's allowed to imprison, execute, uh, 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 drive from the country. Uh, Just look at his past. It's not really hard to read. Hasn't done any of that, but just because he hasn't done it, Scarborough says there in the middle, doesn't mean he won't do it. I mean, when the communists are in control, they can put anyone in jail based on that reasoning right there. Listen again to just the middle part of Scarborough's comment, clip two. Just because he hasn't done it yet doesn't mean he won't do it when he gets a chance to do it. Right, (laughs) right. Thought crimes. He might do it. The fact that he could do it is why he needs to be put in jail. 
Tucker in uh, Las Vegas. I mean, he, this was at what, the Global Success Conference. Uh, listen again to some of Tucker's speech, clip seven. And if you're dealing with people who never admit they're wrong, you're dealing with liars. So there have always been liars, and there always will be. But what we're seeing now is very, very different. Because the kinds of lies, there are two things that make it different. The kinds of lies that we're hearing are not conventional lies at all. They're the inversion of the truth. They're the exact opposite. They're the mirror image of what is true. Because we're not used to dealing with people who can lie without guilt. That's, so it takes a very rare person to lie in the way that we're being lied to. And it takes a very rare moment to see lying at this scale. But the final fact that makes this moment different is that they're not just lying, they hate the truth. They hate the truth. I mean, that's, that's something that's right out of Daniel 8, casting truth to the ground. It's not enough to just tell a falsehood. The conventional lies, that's not what we're seeing on a daily basis. We're seeing people who despise the truth. They hate the truth of God. It makes me also think of Romans uh, chapter 1, or I think it's Romans 1. Romans 1 and verse 25. I'll have to go old school here for a moment. Romans chapter 1, if I can find it. This is uh, the Apostle Paul. He's talking about the proof of God's creative power being all around us. If we're honest, if we'll just look around and look at his creation even. It's so obvious. You can read uh, the context. That's Romans 1, verses uh, 19 and 20. But then, uh, then down in verse 25, it says that these people who, who didn't give God credit, they, did, they don't give God thanks, they're not appreciative, they don't even acknowledge God. There's just a hostility toward God and His law. And it says here in verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie. They changed God's truth into a lie. It's not enough. To, I mean, Laura Logan yesterday, she was talking about if you have the truth, I mean, the truth stands on its own feet. But with lies, the narrative keeps collapsing and then they just have to tell more lies and more lies and more lies. And like Tucker brings out, it's, it's not even just a little bit off the beaten path of the, the truth. It's an inversion of the truth. That's what we're dealing with here. These people will say anything, and if their narrative collapses, they will not acknowledge it. They will not repent. They will not admit error. You know these monta. I know some of them begin to sound the same because it's happening every day. Fascism, Donald Trump's a dictator, he's an authoritarian, he's going to take over. The reason why I play those as often as I do is because it wasn't that long ago when they were all saying in unison, Trump is finished. Trump is never coming back. Trump blew up the midterms for the Republicans. Really what they're saying there in those montages, they're admitting that Trump's the runaway favorite now. They're admitting it. And that's why they've got to scream at the top of their lungs. Trump's Hitler. Donald Trump is Hitler. We cannot let him take over, as Scarborough puts it. Look at what he's going up against. All of, just like 
Ready for War, that January issue of the Trumpet Magazine. If you don't have a subscription to the Trumpet Magazine, make sure that you call our operators today and request a free, there's no cost, no obligation, a free one-year subscription. That's 1-866-930-3024. Here's Tucker again from, uh, from Vegas, clip eight. Clearly the people who run things see the rest of us as slaves. That's obvious to me. I, I can't imagine how it could be more obvious. It's crystal clear. They don't seek consensus. They're not interested in the public's opinion. The overlap between the list of things that people care about in this country and the list of things that Congress and the White House actually do, there's none. There's no overlap at all. They don't care what you think. They're not interested in what you think. That's publicly available information. They're not reading it because they don't want to, because it doesn't matter to them. They're in charge. You're not. So the truth is, it's very hard to fight that. And of course, it's a determined, systematic effort to weaken the population in order to limit their resistance to what they plan for us. He was right. Herbert Armstrong talked about the attack from within, this communist infiltration. It's in our He Was Right brochure. And they want to weaken the country and weaken you. This, again, is something that Laura Logan spent some time on yesterday. You heard how passionate she got when, it, when I asked her about, you know, what can ordinary Americans do? Well, and then she went to give a forum to our students and talked again about the courage, the courage that people need to stand for the truth. These, these, the opposition, it's not just people out there telling lies. They hate truth. They hate it. They hate it with a passion. And the lies they tell, it's a complete inversion of the truth. Today is the 60th anniversary of JFK's assassination. Some of our older viewers obviously can, can remember where they were on that day that JFK was gunned down. My father has a really amazing section in this booklet, Great Again, about the communist infiltration of uh, America. Of course, I mentioned he was right. The Trumpet Magazine, you can get all of the material at no cost or obligation. But the JFK assassination actually helps us to better understand what this infiltration is about and, and the prophetic downfall of the United States of America. Now that's discussed in the U.S. and Britain in Prophecy. It's another uh, must read if you don't have that in your library. But to just quote from Great again, if you don't have this one, make sure you call that 800 number as well. It says, uh, well, it talks about if you were alive in 1963, you probably remember where you were the day that he was shot. It says, Lee Harvey Oswald, a former U.S. Marine, defected to the Soviet Union in 1959 and returned to the U.S. in 1962. Think about just that fact alone. Defected to the Soviet Union in 59, returns in 62, and then kills JFK in 63. My father says, two days after the president's assassination, he was murdered by a nightclub owner under dubious circumstances. That's what happened to Lee Harvey Oswald. It says the American president was murdered by a Marxist who was in contact with the Soviet Union and Cuba. Remember Cuba, the, the nation that Barack Obama, Barack Hussein Obama normalized relations with Cuba, the communist state. 
says something about his communist ideology, doesn't it? Of course it does. It says here, it took the government 52 years to declassify this relevant information, and still large sections of the document are blotted out. They still redact all kinds of things. 60 years on. It says, Oswald's travel plans were revealed in an unprecedented declassification and released by the CIA in thousands of presidential daily briefings from the 1960s. It says here, for decades, the government's own official explanation was that Oswald was just a lone gunman, but the threat to America was and is much greater than that. I mean, we're talking about some powerful forces at play here. And I mean, this is, this is 60 years ago. President Kennedy caught the Soviets as they tried to deploy nuclear-capable supersonic missiles to Cuba. The Soviets tried to put these missiles at point-blank range, less than 100 miles off the coast of the U.S. Once those weapons were launched, well, they, they could have just obliterated U.S. cities all along the eastern seaboard. It says, do you suppose the Soviets and the Castros were wrathful against JFK? His administration ruined a plan that would have either held America at nuclear gunpoint or would have destroyed, destroyed it in gigantic nuclear uh, balls of fire. He says, you need to beware of what's happening in Cuba. This is a dangerous world. America's like a silly dove walking right into a deadly trap. I mean, we talk often about the sickness and the dangers within. There's lots of dangers without as well. That's uh, from Great Again, the booklet. Go and uh, go to the website if you want to get to it today. And... Uh, just search through the literature library. That's at thetrumpet.com. General election figures, polling has Trump. <laughs> it has Trump ahead in just about every poll. That's why you have the lunatic montage day in and day out. All the vermin, yes, I said it, the vermin, they take to the airwaves to tell you how much they hate Donald Trump. They hate him. They hate him because he happens to speak a lot of truth. He doesn't get it perfectly right all the time, but he does speak truth. And they hate that. And so they tell lies that, that end up being a complete inversion of what's actually true. One last clip here from Tucker yesterday, clip six. But just in our country... You've got two people running for president. One of them is literally senile, not attacking the guy, but that's true. Maybe not fully aware that he's president. It's being, the White House is being run by a cartel of people for whatever ends. We, you know, we have no visibility into that. We don't know what the plan is. We know the guy they claim is running it is not running it. But it's just true. He's not running the country. And yet he's standing for re-election at the age of 80. Okay. Opposing him is a man who has been indicted four times and is facing life in prison. Life in prison. And every time he gets indicted and every time they tack years on to the sentence, this potential sentence, he becomes more popular and now he's winning. But it tells you a couple of things. One, the side that's indicting him doesn't want him to be president so badly that they are willing to indict him on what are transparently ridiculous charges. Okay? And two... The public is not only not buying it, 
It is incentivizing them to support him. Indict him again. Arrest him again. March him out to the gallows. He'll become king. So it's literally counterproductive. So what does that tell you? It tells you that the people currently in charge have no idea how the country works, what the country wants, and they don't care. They don't care. They don't care that Donald Trump is winning going away, at least according to all the polls. They've got 2024. What an explosive year that is going to be. I mean, even, even coming into today, uh, a holiday week. I was expecting to not really have much in the way of news and clips, but uh, there's a lot. There's still a lot going on. Of course, we're we're just coming off of um, an interview with Laura Logan, and we've got some clips from that, and we also have uh, some more material that we'll tell you about uh, that we had with Laura Logan that we'll tell you about uh, after the break. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. If you'd like to email the show, you can reach us TD at the Trumpet. Dot com. My Twitter handle, we're going to try to blow up the Twitter feed here in the next day or two since we've got so many uh, clips and so many highlights and so many things that we're trying to promote as well. But that would be at Stephen Flurry. I guess it's the X handle to be precise. At Stephen Flurry. You are listening to Stephen Flurry and this is the Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back. Do you believe the United States of America has been mainly a positive force in the world for most of its history? Do you believe that America was at one time a great nation? The United States of America was founded on many biblical principles that were incorporated into the Constitution. This lent to its success and positive influence in the world. But the America of then is not the America of today. To anyone examining the current state of America, this should be alarming. It has been a great nation in time past and is experiencing a temporary resurgence in these end times, but it will only be exactly that, temporary. Our free booklet, Great Again, will explain America's status. It will prove that God has been intimately involved in the rise and resurgence of America under President Donald Trump. It will also explain why God is saving America temporarily, how he was doing it, and what is yet to come in America. There is a spiritual dimension to America's rise and decline as a superpower. This free booklet will explain this dimension and how God will soon make America truly great again. Request your free copy of our book, Great Again, at our website, thetrumpet.com. So we've been using a lot of rhetoric around the two-state solution for decades. And when I went there, I saw that we are nowhere near a two-state solution. Myself, as a sitting member of Congress, could not walk through certain checkpoints in the West Bank because I wasn't Jewish. We're at the civil rights era moment here in the West Bank. This is like Jim Crow. And when I went there, it felt that way. It felt suffocating. It felt stifling. It felt immobile. He's lying, this guy. He's a congressman. He, I, I don't believe one bit of that. Going through West Bank checkpoints, he couldn't get through. 
I'll, I'll tell you a little story about uh, we had a we had a convention over there. It was probably 10, 12 years ago. A lot quieter in Israel, the West Bank, and everywhere than it is today. And they were taking a bunch of us Americans into Jericho, which is pretty much totally controlled by the Palestinian Authority. And when we got to the Jewish checkpoint, before we went to the Palestinian checkpoint, uh, a Jew hops on board and says, uh, are there any Jews on this bus? Because it wouldn't be safe for you to go into Jericho. So Jews can't go into Jericho, which is in the West Bank, which Israel supposedly controls. They've given autonomy to, what is it, five, six, seven cities in the West Bank? Gaza Strip, they had the whole strip. Not one Jew. The, the problem is, Jews can't go into the Palestinian areas. And he, here he gets on TV and creates some, some storyline, some narrative, to tell you how cruel the Jews are. The problem is with the Jews. Jim Crow, please. It's a, I guess it's another racism charge aimed at the Jews. So Joe Obama this week, he reaches a ceasefire deal. I guess it was just before the fake president goes off to Nantucket. Now he can go and observe Thanksgiving and feel good about, hey, I've made peace. We're getting 50 of the hostages back in in return for 150 Palestinians. So another lopsided prisoner swap, of course, we're used to that. And, and probably the back channel deal on this one was the $10 billion that Barack Obama just desperately, desperately wants to give to the mullahs. He wants them to have their billions. And same with the Hamas leaders, the millionaires living in Qatar. Qatar's the one evidently that, that initiated the talks. And then you get the U.S. involved because, well, they know, the, the Hamas knows. Get the U.S. in on these negotiations and we'll get much more favorable terms. It always happens. These are, these are wars or disputes that Hamas can win. The propaganda war, because you have guys like the one that was just on uh, the television there that we just played a clip of, Jim Crow. Yeah, I went over there as an American. I couldn't even get through certain checkpoints. Please. $10 billion. Hamas knows they can win the propaganda war, and Hamas knows that they can win the negotiation war as well. Another lopsided swap. Just the news says the Israeli cabinet on Wednesday... Uh, Wednesday morning local time approved a proposed deal to secure the release of hostages from terrorist group uh, in Hamas amid the ongoing conflict in Gaza in exchange for a temporary pause to the fighting. The arrangement would secure the release of up to 80 of the more than 239 hostages Hamas took on October 7. It says here, the deal would see Hamas release 50 hostages in batches over the first four days of the pause for which Israeli, uh, Israel would release roughly 150 Palestinian women and children in their custody. Hamas could potentially release another 30 hostages for an additional four-day pause. So they get the pause, they get the ceasefire, they get what they want. 
That's why they took so many hostages on October 7. Because there's, they know there's a big payday in return if they can uh, take Jews captive. And they did. Brendan O'Neill, the IDF, by the way, they're releasing footage. You might remember when the, <clears throat> the hospital, what's the name of the hospital again? Al-Sharif or something. The hospital underneath all the tunnels, Hamas, command center, everything. And then your friends in the Western media, as soon as IDF goes in there, it takes a continuous seven-minute video showing how there's weapons right by the MRI machine. There's people in the Western press that are saying, well, we haven't been able to independently verify it. We haven't looked at it. We can't be sure that this is legit. So they keep, they keep releasing more footage of the tunnels underneath the hospital. Imagine in a war using a hospital, the, the, so, the, so, the supposed military men, right? These are just, they're fighters. They're not terrorists, say the Western media. They're, they're uh, soldiers. Soldiers hiding behind a hospital where there's sick people, presumably. This is Brendan O'Neill over at Spiked Online. He says, we need to talk about the pathological distrust of Israel. What, what is behind this? What is it with this pathological distrust of Israel? And then, together with it, they, they just believe anything the Gaza Health Ministry says. How do you explain that? It, it's like Tucker Carlson said. It's not even just the lies that they tell they hate the truth. They hate it. They turn the truth into a lie. It says here, about the speed and relish with which our media elites dismiss every Israeli claim about the war in Gaza. It says, consider the battle of uh, Al-Shifa Hospital. That's the name. Israeli officials have offered up ample proof that the hospital was used as a military base by Hamas. They've shown us caches of weapons, video footage of gun-toting, knife-wielding, men hurrying hostages through corridors, a vast tunnel that is 10 meters down and 55 meters long, and yet it is all breezily discounted. Doesn't count. What is, the evidence that Israel is showing you, it doesn't count. We can't take it. We can't accept it. It won't fit into our narrative. It says, this is not healthy skepticism of war propaganda. It's a dogmatic refusal to accept a single thing, the Jewish state says. The morbid disbelief of Israeli evidence has reached insane levels in recent days. It's, it really is insane. He's right. It says here, the memory holding of the historical facts we know about Al-Shifa has been extraordinary. I told you last week how that in 2014, the Washington Post said Al-Shifa was a Hamas command center. How Al-Shifa is where they store weapons. Al-Shifa is where they hunker down when, the, when Israel has to bomb uh, Gaza City. It says here, you won't believe Israel? Fine. 
Maybe you'll believe Amnesty International. It published a long, detailed report about Hamas's torture of Palestinians during the Israel-Gaza conflict of 2014. You heard that right. Hamas tortures their own people. If, if their own people are not loyal, they torture them. They torture them. It says here that conflict resuscitated Hamas Fatah civil uh, tensions in Gaza, leading uh, to the commission of serious human rights abuses, including abduction, torture, and summary execution by Hamas terrorists against Palestinians suspected of siding with Fatah. See, Hamas can't even get along with Fatah, and then they hate them. They both hate them some Jews. Boy, do they. And the Jews, the Jews cannot be believed. You cannot, be, you cannot believe Israeli women. If they say they were raped, they're lying. Anyone else says it, you must believe. That's what we were taught a few years ago, right? You must believe. It says here, where did these crimes take place? Al-Shifa. That's, that's where Hamas tortured Palestinians loyal to Fatah. In 2014, less than 10 years ago. And Amnesty International knew all about it. Less than 10 years later, you've got people saying, how can we be sure? How can we be sure there's tunnels under there? It says here, where do these crimes take place? Al-Shifa. Hamas used the hospital, including the outpatient's clinic area, to detain, interrogate, torture, and otherwise ill-treat suspects even as other parts of the hospital continued to function as a medical center, said Amnesty. <laughs> Amnesty International, that's not exactly a right-wing conspirator. Amnesty International, he says, got that? The exact thing Israel accuses Hamas of doing was already discovered by Amnesty years ago. We've known this all along. But you see the, the forces that are aligned against Israel. It really is demonic. There's a spirit. The devil is the, the prince of the power of the air. Ephesians 2 and verse 2. And you know what else? He's the father of lies, isn't he? he and, and John 8, 44, just going back to what Tucker said in that first segment. It says he's the father of lies, and then it also says there is no truth in him. Nothing that is true is in the devil's thinking or reasoning. In fact, he hates the truth. He wants to cover up the truth. He wants to blot out the truth. He wants to cast the truth to the ground. He wants to bury it. This is the same spirit we encountered in our six-year lawsuit over Mystery of the Ages. The, the rights to distribute a book. A book here in the United States of America where there's supposedly free speech. And Joe DeCotch Jr. in his book, I think he released it in 1997, they had the copyrights to Mystery of the Ages at the time. And he said we have a Christian duty to keep Mystery of the Ages out of print. He had a, not just a duty, the way he saw it, it was a Christian duty to bury that truth, to blot it out. Tells you about the spirit 
that motivated or moved that man. Satan doesn't want the truth to ever see the light of day. He, he is relentless. Even if the truth was known nine years ago, he'll come out nine years later and say, no, no, that's not, that's not true. That never happened. No, no. Hamas is to be believed. That's the way the devil thinks. When we come back, we'll take another short break, but when we come back, we'll get to the big announcement about another segment of our interview with the journalist Laura Logan on yesterday's show. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back. What has happened to the United States of America? The wealthiest, most powerful nation in human history is suddenly divided, weakened, radical. The evil in America has grown powerful. The good has grown weak. The honorable parts of American history are succumbing to a direct, targeted, sustained assault. Someone, something, is dismantling America's history, purpose, and character. Fundamentally transforming the United States of America. Political dysfunction, social strife, economic peril, catastrophic moral failure, fires, attacks, riots, lies. The nation is being attacked from within by its own leaders. Powerful elites in government, journalism, academia, and beyond are intentionally, rapidly destroying what America is in order to make it into something else. There is a reason why your nation is crumbling before your eyes. There is a spirit and a specific perpetrator that is attempting to blot out America. Only America Under Attack reveals that perpetrator and the motive and spirit behind him. This newly expanded book shows you the reason why America has changed so dramatically, so suddenly. If you're confused and concerned about what is happening to America, request your free copy of America Under Attack by Gerald Flurry at thetrumpet.com. You've got documents that have been withheld from the public. You've got documents that have been withheld from senators and congressmen. Like you have, for example, the January 6th committee, mm-hmm. the self-appointed you know, masters of the investigation, right. right? The documents they generated, the transcripts of interviews they carried out, belong to the House. They have refused to hand over those documents to the, for example, the House subcommittee um, on House Administration subcommittee run by uh, Congressman Barry Loudermilk right. that's investigating that. They have sub- it's taken them almost a year to figure out how many documents were passed by the January 6th committee to the White House and some were passed to the Department of Homeland Security and they refused to give them to the House itself. The House owns those documents. You don't have a right to give them to the White House and not give them to your own committee. And then the White House, under pressure, produced some of those documents. And I've seen photographs. They're so heavily redacted. You've got entire pages that are black. Mm -hmm. And those were transcripts of interviews that were done with 
secret uh, with White House personnel that were with Donald Trump on January 6. And then the documents that were sent to Department of Homeland Security, which by the way, have no business having those documents, those were transcripts of Secret Service agents who were with Donald Trump that day. So and because for some extraordinary post 9-11 reason, the Secret Service now falls under DHS. Well, guess what? That the uh, the House has requested those documents from DHS over and over and over. You know what DHS has said? What's that? Nothing. They've ignored them. Surprise, surprise. They're not <laughs> even responding. So when you say to me, what do we know about, you yeah. know, who is doing what? We know a tiny fraction of the truth. It's almost like we're, uh, <laughs> we're getting a reoccurring theme on uh, today's show. There you see, she's describing there at length how far people are willing to go to cover up the truth. They can't even just, I mean, these documents, uh, she said in the forum yesterday, the footage, the 44,000 hours of footage that belongs to, to you, that belongs to me, we the people. But look at how difficult it is just to get everything fully revealed. That's because there's some powerful, powerful people that hate the truth. They hate it. They hate it. They tell lies, big, bold, audacious lies. And then they work hard. They're relentless about covering up or blotting out the truth. And that's what she's going up against as a journalist. She's got this 14-part series the first three episodes have already been very revealing just because she's digging. She's interviewing. She's not stopping, even when others are stonewalling from every direction. She continues. And our discussion with her, by the way, continued yesterday after we went off the air. I think we went for another 40 minutes. It's a, it's a really interesting uh, Trumpet Daily Extra. I guess it's not even going to be an extra because we're going to be playing that on Friday's show. So we'll set it up with a few comments. And uh, I think I can, I'm hoping to also get through some of the emails that have been coming in fast and furiously over the, uh, the last uh, 24 hours or so. So we'll go through some email feedback on Friday's program. And then also we'll set up the, the remaining 40 minute segment um, which uh, goes more into her personal life, her background, uh, growing up as a journalist and just the twists and turns in her career over the years, how many times she's been canceled and, and blotted out. As I say, I know it's a Thanksgiving holiday week, but make sure that you tune in to the Trumpet Daily. Tomorrow, we've got a, a live show scheduled, and then uh, Wednesday, or sorry, Friday, We've got a live show scheduled. Well, actually, most of that will be recorded. But still, it will be brand new material. And as I said at the, st at the start of the show, the, uh, the Rumble channel, rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily, uh, it's got 55,000 views uh, already. We're hoping to bump it over that. In fact, General Michael Flynn, she, she mentioned Flynn. Some of you may have caught that yesterday, but she mentioned Mike Flynn and his fight for the truth. Uh, and General Flynn, just before the show, he tweeted out uh, that video, our interview with Laura Logan as well. So hopefully his audience will help to add more interest 
in uh, this interview that we had just yesterday. So part two, part two is coming up on Friday. Back to part one. Here's uh, more from Laura Logan yesterday, clip nine. We have a situation where one side has information dominance. And unfortunately, Republicans were as much as a, a part of the false narrative on January 6th as Democrats. So you don't even have, in a sense, you know, you're, for conservatives who went there that day for Republican voters, they didn't even have their own side right. on their side. And as a, as a reporter, I'm always drawn to stories where we don't know the truth. Right. And so once I started to look into January 6th, I, I had felt guilty for quite some time because I knew there was a great miscarriage of justice that was unfolding. I mean, you only have to look up the definition of insurrection. Right, <laughs> right. Really, to know that um, the whole thing was a lie. That doesn't mean people didn't get hurt doesn't mean there wasn't violence, mm -hmm. but who was carrying out that violence? Right. Why were they doing it? Yeah. And was it organized in some form? The whole thing was a lie. It's quite a statement, and she's right about that. She's right. And I love the point she made before that, that she's drawn to stories where we don't know the truth. So she's a truth seeker, and you know she may not get it perfectly right every single time, Tucker in his Las Vegas address, she has a lot of respect for uh, Tucker and his intelligence and his, his, his drive to go after the truth, to seek the truth. But Tucker said yesterday, I mean, we all have to have the humility to be able to admit when we get it wrong. This is how you know. He said, this is how you know you're listening to or viewing a truth seeker. If they'll be willing to come forward and admit that they were wrong. I mean, this is a point Herbert Armstrong used to make often. I mean, he, the whole start of his ministry, it started on the foundation of him having to admit that all the traditions and all of the beliefs that he had in the world of traditional Christianity, they, they didn't square. So many of them didn't square with what the Bible says. And... If you know anything about Herbert Armstrong's ministry, he would often say, hey, blow the dust off of this book. Blow the dust off your Bible and read it. <laughs> read it for yourself. If you study it, even just look at those scriptures I gave you in the first segment, you know, Ephesians 2.2, 2, uh, Revelation 12.9, you can add that to the mix. You've got uh, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4. And, and then, of, of course, John 8 and verse 44. I mean, just do a study on, on those scriptures alone and you see what we're going up against. You see why the spirit to bury the truth. You see why the satanic spirit, this, this satanic hatred for the truth is so strong. It's so pervasive. It's everywhere. It really is. That's why we need to stay grounded in Scripture. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That's also in John 8. You can go look at that on your own time as well. Here's another uh, bit from our discussion yesterday with Laura Logan, clip 10. That Ray Epps was questioned by the January 6th committee about telling people to go into the Capitol. He was questioned by the FBI about that. But somehow, 
Nobody questioned him about what he said later in the evening when he said, we're really, he whispered, where he had a storm the Capitol. Yeah, it was brilliant the way you, uh, well, you played that, but then you had the montage afterward, all the talking heads that use the exact same language. Yes, because it's a, what's significant about that, if you understand information warfare, is that Ray Hepps was using the language of the narrative, right? That was the narrative the next day, and still today it's the narrative right. that people stormed the Capitol. But yet he was using that language before it even happened. Right. So what does that tell you? Is that definitive proof? No, it's not definitive proof. But it does, it is a strong indication when you have people saying the same thing and when you have people saying it in advance of an event happening, that they know that that event is going to happen, that there's some degree of planning and manipulation behind it. The language of the narrative. Ray Epps was using it the night before. It was a, the whole thing. Insurrection, <laughs> it's a lie, a big lie. It's a whopper of a lie, for sure. Whether or not Ray Epps was connected to Nancy Pelosi or who, I, again, all the truth isn't, isn't yet known. But more and more of it is being exposed. The narrative is collapsing. It's collapsing. And, and yet they're on to the next, they're, they're on to the next thing. Trump's uh, Hitler. He's a fat. He's a fascist through and through. He he has to be destroyed. He has to be. One congressman said he has to be eliminated of all things. I played that clip for you on Monday. The bit about Roseanne Boyland. I mean, she was in, in some ways. She hasn't even done an episode. Laura Logan. I mean, she hasn't even done the episode on Boyland yet. And so, in some ways, she was she was breaking news uh, yesterday on this show. Listen to this clip. Clip twelve. Okay, these are not ordinary security systems. You have loudspeakers that can reach every corner of the building and every corner of the grounds. Why were they not used? Mm -hmm. Why were they not used until it was dark, late in the evening, when all of this damage had taken place mm -hmm. and police officers had been hurt and people like Roseanne Boyland had been killed? Why was it not used? Also, when I did that thing of following that footage right to the end, how did they clear that tunnel in the end, I wanted to know. Hours after Roseanne Boyland was dead, you know what they did? They had one guy, one guy with a semunition weapon, which is a different level of training, it's a different level of authority. The police let him come through, mm -hmm. he opened fire with his semunition rifle, he cleared that tunnel in seconds. Right. People ran for their lives they scattered. Yeah. So there was absolutely zero reason to have pitched battles going on for hours at that tunnel entrance. Yeah. And somehow Roseanne Boyland, who by the way was a, I'm giving something away here in our reporting, but Roseanne Boyland was a Democrat. Mm -hmm. Roseanne Boyland wasn't a Trump supporter before Trump came along. She wasn't a Republican. She was a, actually a, a funny, irreverent, lovely woman. And um, she was marching with BLM the summer before. And she went there to be a voice for people all across this country who were concerned about the election. She got forced into that tunnel. And when the police decided to force everybody out, those people couldn't move because there were squads of people that were pushing them from behind. And Roseanne Boyland was one of the people trapped. So was Philip Anderson. And so was Tommy Tatum. 
you know they weren't the only ones and they went down they couldn't breathe under there I mean you can you can hear it and you can see it from the body cam footage yeah. that the officers had you can hear people begging for help literally begging for help and when some of the protesters realized that Roseanne Boyland was dying they pulled her body out and they're doing CPR on her and this is all on film and they're still being sprayed and gassed by the police and so there were a number of people like Aaron James and his young brother he's a Navy corpsman this is a guy who stitched people together on the battlefield okay who served his country um, with distinction and he runs up there to help. He realizes he can't. They're already doing CPR. He can't do anything. But he sees two police shields on the ground. He gives one to his brother. And they hold up the shields to, so that the, the people doing CPR right. are not gassed right. into, into non-function, right, where they can't help Roseanne anymore. And for that, he's been charged with assault with a deadly weapon, impeding police officers. I mean, you name it. They've thrown because the book at him. Because he had the shield. All of these people around Roseanne Boyland, they're only now, most of them have been in prison without trial for years. They're only now starting to get their day in court. That's from uh, yesterday, our discussion with Laura Logan yesterday. Uh, again, a fascinating discussion. I'll look forward, I I'm sure you will as well, to see the, the episode on uh, Miss Boyland, who, who died tragically in that uh, tunnel, as she described there. Laura Logan's... Uh, program. It's called The Rest of the Story, and you can get to that over at uh, Truth in Media. I think it's truthinmedia.com. Uh, you can also follow her on uh, X. I think she posts all of her episodes on her Twitter page or her X page as well. Don't forget, this Friday, you've got our second, our second, our second segment of uh, discussing all kinds of things with Laura Logan. That's coming up on Friday's Trumpet Daily. Make sure that you go to the website or go to the Trumpet Daily uh, channel over at Rumble if you get there even later today. Make sure you give us the thumbs up. Leave a nice comment. If you'd like to email the show, you can reach us td at thetrumpet.com. My Twitter handle, again, is at Stephen Flurry. You are listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We thank you for joining us on today's show, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>